Welcome to the suburbs with Andy and Greg. Welcome to the studio. Oh, hey, thanks. Long time no see in the studio. No kidding. So you've asked from time to time the org chart oh, yeah. as we watch mom. Back home, yeah. I'm in therapy over the org chart. It's pushed you to that level. It's pushed me to that level. It has, yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's fun to laugh about life and everything, and sometimes weird things creep in. And the best way that I've always dealt with things, it's with humor. Priorities. <laughs> I want to be in charge. Oh, my God. I mean, I get these rants from her. So we're talking about my sister. And so we're just sitting there, like, trying to understand how and when it happens. Because she gets freaking mean. Like, I don't know. Have you been around a person? Doesn't necessarily have to be a woman, I guess. Because we found out in my case with Scott. It can also be men. Have you been around somebody that just like one minute you know who they are and the next minute they snap and you're like, what in the world? I had a boss one time that would be as far as uh, your superior, a real jerk. But then yeah. you get out in a social setting and it's like he flows a switch. So he's just has, uh, he has this sort of uh, persona around the office that's like unbearable. Really? If you do something socially, a meal out or playing golf or hanging out. It's like, who is this guy? Totally different guy. I like him. Yeah? Can you be my boss? <laughs> <laughs> Friendly guy was much better. Yeah. Here's the scenario. So you and I are going to the IndyCar race in St. Louis. We've now transitioned from calendar that's on the refrigerator to Google Calendar. High tech. I know. I did it. I said, hey, I'm creating this google calendar with mom's email account so that we can both know what's going on from our homes my life is an open book regardless of whether it's the podcast or a calendar so i've got everything in there is it as good as the Katy perry book oh i don't think anything can match that <laughs> i just want to know what color hair she has tomorrow stay tuned yeah i guess in the back of my mind i hear carly going oh dad that's such a boomer thing to say <laughs> we were at Farm Aid. I'm watching Mellencamp on stage, and Mellencamp has a onesie. That's his look. Yeah. Mechanics jumpsuit. That's what he wears on stage always. Is it? So I've never seen him. I'm looking at that, and I'm not knowing that that's what he always wears on stage. And I'm thinking, okay, was he like painting a fence and then realized, oh, crap, today's Farm Aid? <laughs> And, you know, he was just like, he looked at his watch and he thought, I'm going to be late. So he just wore that. Get the car. I got to go. <laughs> and so I'm thinking that, but I don't say anything. And so then Neil Young comes out and Neil Young is wearing like probably the same thing. It's what he always wears on stage. It's a denim shirt with t-shirt underneath and these jeans that have been patched and repatched. Mm -hmm. It's a look. And I've got those jeans. I decide to say to Carly... Do you think that today was like laundry day? Rockstar laundry day. Rockstar laundry day, right. He's like, oh crap, all of my jeans are dirty. I can't wear those on stage at Farm Aid. So I was fixing the barbed wire fence in these. I guess these are my only clean pair. John, let's go. Right. Put that paintbrush down. <laughs> we got a show to do. <laughs> right. Go get Willie. Oh, he's smoking a bunch of weed. 
right? <laughs> so she looks at me and she goes, that's such a boomer thing to say, dad. And we go to concerts, we ski together, we do other things together. And it was like a nail in the heart. And I go, what are you talking about? And and she said, that comment, it's like, I would never spend $60 on a pair of holy jeans. I said, I didn't say that. <laughs> I get the distressed look. It has nothing to do with how much he spent on the jeans. It's the fact that he's a millionaire performer. It's not believable for me. And she goes, yeah, well, it's a boomer thing to say. I go, but it has nothing to do. And then all of a sudden, I'm defending myself. <laughs> it has nothing to do with how much he spent on the jeans. Could we agree to disagree on that part? I don't care how much he's. He could have spent $50,000 on the pair of jeans. He could have bought them at Goodwill. It doesn't matter to me how much he spent on them. It's the fact that he's performing in front of 25,000 people and. It's not believable. Looking homeless. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I have the same sort of thought running through my head at, at, at concerts, looking at the artists and what they wear or are wearing. I mean, people in the band, it's like, you know, that's cool look, that's cool look, that's cool look. Hmm. Didn't think too much about that. Right. <laughs> you know, just like random things that people wear. I mean, if you really think about it and, and really put that thought in your mind as you're watching a concert, it's kind of interesting. What were they thinking when they picked that out? Or obviously they weren't thinking anything when they picked that out. <laughs> right. Did they have somebody else pick that for them? I mean, because Katy Perry, I'm sure, has somebody that picks that stuff out. She changes costumes between songs. So, you know. <laughs> so she, my mom does too. <laughs> <laughs> Different mindset. <laughs> From cold as ice to hot blooded. <laughs> the costume change. <laughs> Chris Squire, the bass player from Yes, he used to wear a like a lab coat and he had all this like a stethoscope and like all this crazy like doctor stuff. Who would have thought of that? A doctor. The doctor of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> the last note of a Mellencamp song hits, he's gone. <laughs> Boom. Like, bye now. That's just his thing. Gotta finish painting that fence. <laughs> <laughs> so the calendar and your mom. <laughs> no, I got derailed. So anyway, back to the music. So Carly got the tickets for Farm Aid because she knew Dave and Tim were going to be there, and she wanted to see them doing their acoustic set. Andy Simons would then get up and go to the bathroom during that set. That would be my cue. Okay, acoustic set, gone. Now, Peter Gabriel didn't have an acoustic set. But he had an intermission. Oh, did he? Really? 20-minute yeah, intermission. Okay. Part one, part two. Was it like between the 11 songs? Pretty much. Was it? Yeah. I mean, he didn't play that whole album front to back. It was on shuffle. But I, I knew that after song 11, I'm going. <laughs> I was waiting. 10, 11. Okay, here we go. And tip for those of you out there listening, if you do gummies, you can take them into a show like that. She'll take like Hall's Cough Drops. Yeah, And she'll put her gummies in the wrapper of a Hall's cough drop and then put it in her purse. It's no harm, no foul. Is that what you would tell the TSA? Well, I don't know. We're not flying to Farm Aid. It was here. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Officer, it's a cough drop, I promise. Why is that dog barking its head off at your cough drop? Give it to the dog as a treat. <laughs> oh, it found my dog treats. He's listening to Jefferson Airplane <laughs> with sunglasses on. So anyway, we get there. As we're approaching, I hear this voice that says, not fit for music. <laughs> I can't wrap my arms around how that voice was booked into this show. If this voice has to be in this show, why wasn't it the opening act? Or at 1130. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> check one, check one. Let me sing now. Yeah, okay. You know, would you like to play the sound check? <laughs> we need the sound of breaking glass, and your voice will do that. I'm looking at the layout here. It looks like you'd be best before anybody gets in here. <laughs> your agent has been pestering me for a year and a half. So we got a slot. We, we do have a slot. That's the good news. The bad news is no one will be here yet. They're still eating eggs at home. <laughs> and it was um, Warren Zevon cover. Bands cover bands. I gave it a gimme on the music track. But the lack of quality of the audio of the voice was just puzzling to me. I'm talking to Carly about that. Okay, that's a Warren Zevon cover. So what did they play next? Pink Floyd, Comfortably Numb. Mm -hmm. Butchering the vocals at an equal, if not worse, level and i thought i wouldn't even book them at a fraternity party i knew a band that wanted to play at a party when i was in high school i get the fact that you're learning how to be a band sure and you decide okay that guy we can't let sing anymore because <laughs> it's just not working i mean i know you want to sing but this is not working many times singers get their big break as the lead singer because they own the pa system Oh, really? so <laughs> that's funny. we need a PA. <laughs> Bill over here, he's got a sound system. Let's get him to sing. That's how David Lee Roth got into Van Halen, believe it or not. What? Yeah. So I heard that they were in competing bands. He had a PA. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he was a bad singer, but that's how he wormed his way into Van Halen. Comfortably numb, played, and I'm just scratching my head. I'm, we're going through the screeners and the metal detectors, and so I'm uh, trying to scan the ticket. Mm -hmm. It's like those first-time flyers. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to navigate, and the guy's like, stupid fool, and he grabs the phone out of their hand. And <laughs> Haven't you ever flown before? Boop. He scans it in two seconds, and they're like, uh, 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 they can't do it. Well, that's the way I was with the ticket. And then Carly's right behind me. Boop. Everything's fine. I go, can I try that again? <laughs> <laughs> so we go through and we get into the amphitheater. And then it occurs to me who this band is. Mm -hmm. It's a billionaire who hired all the players. But because it's his money, he gets to sing. Best band in the land. I mean, without giving away, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but do they have a name for the band? The Billionaire Guy's Band. Okay. The Billionaire Who Owns a Football Team's Band? Okay. You know the old joke, what'd you do with the money? What money? <laughs> the money they gave you for music lessons. <laughs> so that brings us back to that question about the org chart. The medical community that I'm friends with has decided to diagnose for fun the issue with my sister and her desire to be in charge and how she reacts and responds to situations out of nowhere. Going back to my original question to you when you were talking about the boss at the recording studio is, you know, one minute we're talking and we're brother and sister and like she wants to hug me goodbye and tell me she loves me. And the next minute she's my proctologist who didn't trim his nails. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. I'm just like, you are so far up there. What is the problem? Going back to the calendar. Right. I don't know what kind of calendars you use. And regardless of whether it is a paper calendar or a Google calendar or some other calendar made out of like paper mache or <laughs> wood carving. Stone tablet. <laughs> 
I was accused of hiding the dates that we were going to St. Louis on the calendar. Hiding. Shame on you. How do you do that on a calendar? Invisible ink. Oh. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I didn't use that. White pen. <laughs> white font. It yeah. wasn't a white font. Her weeks are one color. My weeks are another color in terms of the color of the box. Mm-hmm. So you know at a glance what week you're looking at. And I had down 7 p.m. I was very specific. 7 p.m. Saturday through Tuesday. I get this text, and it's my sister, and she's like, wait a minute, are you leaving on Friday? Question mark, question mark, you know, just like, <laughs> all caps. Right. With the, the, the button stick. <laughs> What's with the 10 question marks? I have that looked at. <laughs> the button stick. Right. I mean, come on, one will suffice unless you're starting to ratchet it up. Yeah, the first volley coming at you. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm put your seatbelt on this is gonna be a rough one uh, and so i said no as i'm typing no which doesn't take very long to type with 10 exclamation points <laughs> is her second response which was i wasn't planning on being there until monday and then no comes across which is <laughs> i fit send as that one's so, so they're out of sync it's a non sequitur right at that point the conversations become out of sync i just am like uh okay she's off her meds again i don't know what is going on with her as i'm sitting there i go no and i so anyway going back to the medical community diagnosing her they've kind of like tongue-in-cheek but with a little bit of credibility said borderline personality disorder Mm -hmm. your sister yeah yeah which is let me tell you in the big picture of things of all of the gin joints and all (laughs) there's this thing called gray stoning have you heard of that i've never heard of gray stoning that's the term that people use for the way that you're supposed to respond to people with borderline personality disorder or if they're a narcissist and that is just hi i said that i would be leaving if you look at the calendar 7 p.m on saturday and that's it so you use this boring tone not your fmdj voice it could be oh it could be okay good yeah hi this is greg i said (laughs) 7 p.m on saturday you don't engage them in anything because you don't want to give them fuel to do the pity party, which is, oh, I would explain it, but you're never going to understand. I get that all the time. I'm like, well, oh, yeah, I definitely, I, since I don't know what you're talking about, I can't <laughs> understand it. You're right. I can't understand this behavior at all. Let's just start with that. You're speaking in English, but it's downhill <laughs> from there. Right. There's a disconnect, kind of like your input. <laughs> Just like the studio sometimes. And so she comes back with, you are going to leave mom by herself. And she is just like, <laughs> and then she's mad about that. This hasn't even happened and you're mad at me about <laughs> leaving mom. And I wasn't. It says on the calendar, 7 p.m. Saturday until Tuesday at 9 p.m. And she comes back with, Greg, you ignorant slut. <laughs> You hid that on the calendar. You just wanted to not tell. Is this all happening via text or are you actually having a conversation? Via text. Oh, great. A, a text argument. I mean, the flame is burning hot. 
she's running after me with a branding iron saying, I'm your pimp. <laughs> the minute that I saw that, I thought, okay, I'm not going to get drugged down this rabbit hole. I walked into the bedroom and plugged my phone into the charger, turned it upside down, and ignored the rest of everything that she had to say. So you went radio silent. Of course, the kids would say you ghosted her. I didn't ghost her because we still talk. It's a quasi-ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and we continued to not talk until I was driving up to do my shift. And it wasn't like, I'm not going to talk to you. It's just like you can't. You can't engage them. I'm going to go back to the same question again, and I don't know whether you diagnosed the boss at the recording studio as being borderline personality or narcissistic or either one of those two or any other kind of psychosis. Yes. <laughs> you did? <laughs> <laughs> or if you know somebody else that's like that? Yes. <laughs> Okay, so did you learn early on in the relationship that you can't engage them, or did you go through the process of trying to engage? No, I realized by the time the next person came to my life with that same similar condition, you can't reason with them. They're in their own world. Right. They are like from another planet. Yes. And reality is not part of their makeup. Right. And they're just spinning <laughs> above you <laughs> in their own orbit. They are. The thing is, I just didn't know this about my sister until we started caregiving together. You know, and we had been friends, and then she went through a terrible marriage. Divorce? Yeah. Was that the beginning of this, or has it always been there, and you just finally recognized it? When you're watching Yellowstone, and they're herding cattle, and you've got those little collies that help herd. So her husband was like that, and he was separating her from the group, like a herding dog. So she was kind of separated from our family for a while. I mean, they communicated, they came for Thanksgiving, but he's like always calling her, always checking up. He fled the country. There's running from your problems, and then there's putting an ocean between them. <laughs> By now, I've had enough of this. I think I'll get a passport. <laughs> right. He had one. He needed one to get here. Was he a 90-day fiancé? <laughs> I don't, you know, I know the concept. They actually got married. They did, and I had my vasectomy right before that wedding. Like in the lobby? In the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy came up to me. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm practicing for class. We're supposed to dissect an earthworm in science. Would you be my guinea pig? <laughs> the earthworm that doesn't say much about yourself. Could we re-record that part? <laughs> Grace and I had this bond where I had this backpack, and she would write in the backpack and loved it. Was she a teenager at this point? She was a tween. <laughs> Man, you're getting heavy. That's why my abs are so good. <laughs> All this teenager around in a backpack. <laughs> She's smoking, right. <laughs> drinking a beer. Right. That's why I'm thinning up high. It was the ashes from the cigarette. It wasn't DNA. So I'm in this wedding, and she's in the backpack. The pianist was supposed to be there. They no-showed. Oh, really? I don't know whether they kind of thought that this was an unreliable musician. No such thing as that. <laughs> they had this cassette, and the most beautiful part of this was... <laughs> As everybody's kind of looking and they know, okay, this is the time when the bride comes walking down, you hear, click, click, <laughs> you did, and it was so loud. <laughs> Cue the tape. Yes, it was click, just like that. So her marriage doesn't work out. He flees the country. He leaves her to raise three kids. What country did he flee to? Bangladesh. So he's in IT? 
<laughs> There's one way to maintain sanity in this relationship and keep moving forward with it, and that is this is now a business relationship. And if you talk to my mom, she thinks it's a business relationship. <laughs> she doesn't know who my sister is. Lucky her. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Andy. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe. Remember, laughter is contagious. Help us spread it by telling a friend. <laughs>